G'day listeners and welcome back to another week of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef, I'm your host and today I'm joined by Checkers. How are you Checkers? Good, fantastic. Good to be back here. How are your Keeper League teams faring this season? You going alright in your, in your um, leagues? I don't know if Dossie's flicked your message this morning. No he hasn't. I got pumped by Dossie on the weekend. In the Keeper League format? Yeah. Well, he had probably the greatest week you could possibly have as well. <laughs> Talk us through it. Who was, who was playing? Uh, oh, I can't even remember, but I think it was a 15-man keeper and he scored almost 1,600. No <laughs> captains or anything either. Yeah, no captains. That's huge um, then. I think I scored almost close to 1,300 and I was like probably fourth high score in the league. Yeah, I hate that. And got yeah. rolled by, you know, 200 to 300 points. So. Yeah, nothing's worse than being one of the, you know, in the top half or the top, you know, two or three scorers in the league and still getting rolled. So that's been happening to a people. feel a bit like July. I've gone zero three. <laughs> oh, jeez. You were talking up your premiership chances a few weeks ago. Gold Coast, aka Dossie. So. <laughs> oh no, he is going to. Uh, yeah, he's going to make sure you don't live that one down. That's for sure. Uh, talking about other kind of uh, bad losses, I reckon I had you in a uh, in a classic league this week as well. Really? I don't even look through them all. I got. I get through them eventually. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, nah, fair enough. But yeah, yeah no, I, I took pride in it anyway. That's good. Obviously, <laughs> I'll probably look at this other one and be like, shit. Yeah, nah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, with my keeper leagues, um, I'm undefeated, I think, in both leagues. So I dropped a keeper league this year. Um, it was the the one we started with all the podcasters and stuff. We kind of, no, no one could be fucked on anymore. <laughs> so we just kind of got rid of it. So I dropped the league, but I uh, got a full uh, dynasty league where we ke- only keep, uh, sorry, we only drop three players per year type thing and pretty much only draft the new draftees and stuff like that. Uh, but then I got the 16 uh, keeper home league. Undefeated in both. Um, very fortunate in both though. Put up some low scores and still managed to knock off the the struggling, uh, I guess, opposition in each one. So yeah, three zip start in both leagues, but pretty happy. And a two and a half thousand ranking in classic as well. So yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, two and a half is pretty good. Yeah. I, um, the classic rankings on the weekend were so crook. I think on Saturday morning I was ranked like 250th overall. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then on Sunday morning I was 25,000. <laughs> I hate that. But I dropped back, like dropped back down. But just like that just shows how close the comp is, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, the f- two games or whatever got played and then I dropped 25,000 ranks. Like I think Roy um, from the Traders said he put up a 22,000 score and jumped like 20,000 spots or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's so. crazy. There's yeah. not, much, not much point difference. I mean, everyone starts with the same teams at the moment because the amount of fantasy info everyone's putting out there. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, well, before we get into stuck into the show, I just want to mention that this show is brought to you by Game Day Squad, uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy football. Uh, basically, if you haven't played it before, you open digital packs and get cards to make your team instead of selecting players from a pool. Um, different cards have different kind of values, and they can potentially multiply their scores up until 1.5 times their actual fantasy score. And you get free cards each week just for logging in. So, have you been playing the game there, Checkers? You signed in? You haven't made the account playing, yet. Yeah, oh, I mean, watching all your videos <laughs> yeah I've just been living living through your videos because <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know I forgot the time commitment to play another <laughs> no, fantasy fair enough, competition I completely understand 75,000 fantasy competitions on, on the go at the moment but yeah, yeah I mean I definitely watching your pack reviews have made me more interested in it yeah for sure I'm um, seeing the Rory Laird the other day oh was that was huge wasn't it pretty big <laughs> it was funny because like I had not like two weeks in a row I just opened nothing of value yeah and I'd seen the, them as well yeah. I've seen all the rookie players <laughs> yeah. been pulling out and then the uh, the last uh, the last pick of the night pulled out like probably one of the most valuable cards yeah uh, the highest averaging get. player <laughs> by the time yeah um, but yeah so pretty happy with that one but yeah it's, it's, it's good fun you can um you know you can get free packs, packs each week or you can buy packs or you can buy specific players off the transfer market as well once they kind of come into existence in the game and the best thing about it I think it's a dynasty platform so any kind of rookie card you pull this year and stuff like that that might not be super valuable might be uh, more valuable in the future. So, yeah, if you haven't uh, checked that yet, uh, jump on board. Um, I think I'm ranked sixth overall after this week in the Cap League, so not going too badly in that one. Helps when I'm giving cards each week and things like that by the It's by definitely the a growing call. I've seen it more and more on Twitter lately as well, like a lot more people getting on board. So yeah, like, well, they sponsor the Sydney Roosters now. So, yeah. they're actually, like, their branding is all over the Sydney Stadium, uh, the rugby stadium, so. It's crazy. Yeah, it'll be massive in a few years. Yeah, I think I've, so. I've got to get on it. Probably the future of fantasy, they would say. That's what they'd want us to say anyway. Yeah. But I, I agree <laughs> with it. Anyway. All right, I'll get stuck into the show. Uh Usual new segments, I guess. We talked with the breakout track at the start. Uh, players that are kind of in the early stages of their career and looking like breaking out. Or there come, can be a few older players, I think, that have kind of, you know, had a few role changes and stuff like that that can uh, change their scoring. But most of them, the younger players. Um, 
we'll get stuck into it. I'm so glad I'm going to 2G4P this guy. Will Day, uh, 128 points. Um, famously made a trade. I traded him out of my team with uh, K's earlier in the <laughs> off-season. And I just, I'm just pretty glad I just don't have to talk to him, talk about him anymore. So, yeah, making 2G4P. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, like he's getting that inside role. I know they've like had a few nice matchups, but he did it against Sydney. Like he scored in the 90s against Sydney anyway. So I'm pretty confident he's going to be a gun. What do you think? Yeah, massive midfield time at the moment. The first round, I mean, you've probably played a little bit less midfield. He's been working up each week, more yeah. midfield time. Um, I think him and Connor Nash are the most CBAs on the weekend. So like they've obviously... Uh, I, what I thought was maybe like he's got a really good leg so they've just put him in there because he's got good foot skills and probably the same with Connor Nash is like they've had the issues with Warples kicking and they're like this guy can actually kick and kick pretty well so yeah yeah, I think he's going to be a gun for him just and the good thing is kicking out of the midfield well that's what I said like in pre-season he just compliments that midfield so nicely when you've got like you got Warple in there and I don't even know how he's going to go because he was pretty rubbish on the weekend but we'll see he might just he just looks a bit tired and sore Warple because he's just bashing into everything <laughs> um, but then you've got Newcomb who's like a kind of like a hybrid like he's can do the crash and bash stuff he's a bit cleaner with the and footy in hand Will Day is just yeah. like a composed yeah. like yeah, nice ball user that, you know, you can just trust. <laughs> yeah, he does compliment that midfield nicely. So, yeah, more than happy to make him 2G4P. Case, congratulations, you win the trade. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we'll move on from that. Uh, Mason Wood, uh, another one of Case's boys. He got injured on the weekend, but he had 118 points. Going to make him 2G4P as well. That's too good for the podcast for any new listener out there as well. Um, basically, once players get too good for the podcast, everyone owns them. You can't get them off wave wires or anything anymore. No point chatting about them. Uh, got injured, though. So, what's, what's the go there? What happened? Was it his shoulder? I didn't see the news. AC yeah. joint, shoulder popped out. But um, I don't know. I, they didn't think it was like a horrible one. Like he just had a in a sling at the end of the game. I saw he was like not using it. But uh, I think the report came. I think the report was, was like for a while. To, like yeah, four weeks is what I saw the originally. Okay. But yeah, I didn't think it was anything crazy. I mean, they've got still out as well with a similar injury. So that'd be yeah, great. true. Um, but yeah, I mean he dropped him out of my keeper league over in the off season as well so that was great <laughs> Jeez, you're on a good run aren't you? got picked up first round by someone else and now <laughs> oh, I'm zero on three <laughs> well now that you can't reap the benefits of that one for a few weeks at least so you can take some solace there um, yeah Mason Wood who do you think uh, oh, we'll talk about him later I've got a new segment we'll talk about but so we'll hold on for a sec uh, Liam Baker 113 points um, Richard defenders are not scoring really well at the moment have you noticed that yeah plus like Nathan Broad's out yeah true um, that helps Jaden Short was out even though he'd been playing some midfield time yeah so they're just is like locks in his spot like he yep. and he's nailed it as well back to back tons of it I'm pretty sure yeah I think so after a dismal first week really kind of rewarded the uh, the owners in the last couple of weeks yeah no he's definitely and he's played everywhere all over the ground in his career like he played up forward I think we've seen him in the, on the ball a little bit but I think he's really starting to lock down a good spot down back so yeah and given that he's got back forward status he's just so bloody valuable this year so like he's probably one I should make two G four P as well because I don't think almost gonna be, he just had yeah. that he had that off game round one and yeah um, and has put that down a few people's minds but I think this week you'll see him just whacked off a lot of waivers like we know where you won't be able to pick him up yeah, after yeah exactly no nah, there's going to be uh, yeah held in, uh, you know taken in a lot of leagues from now on uh, Isaac Rankin uh, one hundred four points four goals zero CBAs we were both at the game uh, what was your take on uh, I, I mean. Score? He had a great game, football standards, but fantasy-wise, I think it was a bit inflated. Yeah, I agree. Um, kicked a goal after the siren. He had he was playing on Tom Jonas as well. It was gross. It was the grossest matchup, and it probably cost Port the game in yeah, the end. Tom Jonas, but they just didn't have anyone that could play on him. Like um, they're probably missing a McKenzie. I'm trying to, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It was like, Jonas isn't the tallest tall, but he's yeah. an old man. Like, you just, Rankin was running off him all day. So, yeah, I guess he had Burton it pretty easy. Well, probably just yeah, messed up Burton, our back line a bit. Burton and McKenzie probably would have been the real lockdown on him. But I don't know. He, he's had a good start to his uh, career at Crows. He's obviously going to break out. And I think a lot of players from that draft are going to break out as well this year. It's their fourth year. And we saw the coaches. We're talking the about coaches went nuts. Rosie yeah. had a good game. And it's just, yeah, he's definitely going to improve his scoring on the last few years. But I just don't think he's going to be dishing up tons every week. Yeah, no, I I, des- I I agree. Like the four goals, no CBAs, that's and to only just get a hundred. Like if you're playing some decent midfield clock or whatever, that should be like a hundred and twenty plus type score. So um, yeah, like I'm still the jury's still out with how he kind of. Uh, I guess sits fantasy wise. Give give him a hard matchup. Give him someone who can actually lock him down, and I feel like we might see a thirty pop out, which would 
pop his uh, average down. Yeah. But he's had a few easy run- Like, not n- fair credit to him. He's absolutely come out and slayed it. But yeah, yeah. he hasn't really had anyone locked down on him yet. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, Jordan Ridley had 104 points. Um, I guess people were worried with uh, Brendan Zerk Thatcher going down that he might have to play the more accountable role. But I saw Mason Redmond's score dipped a bit more in this game. I didn't watch this one. It was against your boys. Yeah, uh, what, what dipped did you make a little bit. But I think there was also a lot of other defenders that just scored well, like a Heppel scored all right. Um, St. Kilda. Dan Brosio. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Dan Brosio. Dan Brosio, apparently. Dan Bro- yeah, he yeah. had plenty of it. Like, what do you have? 27 touches, and he was just like kicking everything out of the back lines, him and Ridley. So yeah. they've got a, like a lot of these type players, these like medium sized rebounders. There's Nick Hind, Heppel, Ridley. Obviously, Zerk Thatcher's out injured. Dan Brosio. <laughs> I'll get it wrong again. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but they all play very similar type roles at times. So yeah, that like. Lots of rebound footy. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes it just swaps around. I think Ridley's, he had a stiff year last year. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I think, and I expect him to, to sort of pop up all right. Just like a new coach in as well, like probably just changes his role up a little bit, less defensive. They see more value in him using the ball rather than kind of, you know, defending a bit more. Yeah. Everyone was yeah. a bit worried he was going to lock down. Yeah. And turn into a real lockdown back. But I still think he's rebounding this year. So, yeah, I agree. It's good. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Massimo Dan, Dan Brosio now. Just make you say his name a few more times there, check <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so his 97 points was he just that rebounding halfback? Flanker? Yeah, he had so many kicks. I didn't write down how many kicks he had, but 27 touches. Yeah, um, but he, he looks like a bit of a like a, a genuine classy footballer. His by, foot by skills. Foot, yeah, yeah, I think remember tweeting this last year in his first game. He's like he was going like 100 percent efficiency in his first game. Yeah, and maybe had like 15 kicks or something. Yeah, um, and I was like that was composure for someone who's been picked up in a mid season draft and gone straight into the team was like nuts. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's got really good foot skills. I think. They'll probably look to use him more as Heppel sort of towards the end of the year, I feel like might get faded out of the team a little bit. Oh, yeah, or, you know, so they'll re- do some resting and things like that. Yeah. Do you think he holds his spot with... Or he, he holds his spot holds after spot, that yeah. game. Because was- Zerk Thatcher that probably might be fit again next week. But I don't know who comes, if he even comes back yeah. in. Or, yeah. I don't know. The only thing is he might be like, like I said, they've got so many of the similar type players. There might be like a sub yeah, area okay. that they might use. Like we've got a lot of rebounders. Let's put a rebounder defender on the sub or, yeah, yeah. or sub one out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing to remember is like St. Kilda got such undermanned forward line at the moment like 75,000 injuries every every play, every team scoring huge against yeah them, I mean so, yeah. Uh, they had what Zane Cordy and Mitch Owens playing as like their main keys yeah. so I mean there's going to be a lot of rebound ball coming out of there because they're not the, the greatest yeah, that, almost you know that's probably just one thing to note like stream your defenders against St Kilda at the moment because yeah they're going pretty well uh, we'll move on to Sam Switkowski uh, 104 points he pushed pretty high up the ground and worked on the way back and got a lot of those kind of link up possessions and things like that which kind of boosted his score a bit had two goals he was just involved in the play all day um, he's not really one I'm considering, but it's almost like a tip of the cap. He was um, pretty stiff not to win the medal, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't see the end of vo- end the voting in the end. I watched this game. I was playing a gig, but it was on the big screen next Who to me. Who did win the medal in the end? Uh, Caleb Sarong. Yeah, okay. And yeah, then yeah, Sean enough. Darcy yep. would have been probably second. Yeah, I reckon Switter would have been third. Yeah. But yeah. I did, I clicked through, a f- I was trying to find out who did win it because I was real heavily invested in that game. I watched the entire thing and then they cut straight to the bounce on the oh, Sunday. No, that sucks. So I didn't get to see any of it because I mean, I watched the showdown medal and I was like, that was a raw Geordie Dawson. Yeah, so I was like, I really want to see who wins <laughs> this one. Um, and then, yeah, I've jumped on the Fremantle page and all the Fremantle fans were going nuts saying that Switter actually deserved it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was a good game. It was a breakout game, really, for him. He's like, being yeah, yeah, yeah. the other side and he just really looked like he's solid. He yeah. was in the midfield for a bit. Yeah. Kicked two really nice goals. He looked strong, took a few contested grabs and he just was like doing a bit of everything. So. Well, monitor it, maybe. Um, I, he's the kind they of player. playing West team. Coast, but yeah, you, know, you have yeah, to exactly. remember, like, yeah. Not much going on there. They had no bench for yeah. half a game. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. Uh, Ed Richards had 103 points. I think it's just time we make him too good for the podcast. He's just got a killer role, a halfback flank, and he uses the ball pretty like pretty well and just scores heaps. So I'm just happy to write that one off. I don't really want to talk about him too much. Um, Lockie Ash had 99 points. Um, it was just a good game for him. Like He just kind of got into a bit of a groove where he was finding a lot of footing on the halfback line. I'm, I'm not sure if there was too many that he had to really you know, lock down or anything like that. Um, took a few kick-ins, all that sort of stuff. Just mopped up across there. Did you see this game at all? Uh, I was watching it on my phone, missed bits and pieces because I was yeah. heading to the showdown. We finished footy yeah, and sort of watched of like a quarter, yeah. then got in the car, drove to the showdown, watched another quarter on the walk across. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But I just had in my notes like, 
this guy in his draft year was like pinned a bit as like a wit another Whitfield. Yeah. And I think he's probably going to be more frustrating than Whitfield just because of his role. Yeah. Like, so, like, some weeks he comes out and does this and just streams and takes all this outside ball. And then other weeks he would play like lockdown and score 30s. Yeah. And that's very reminiscent of like old doing. Whitfield where you get like 180 and then the next week you get like a, a 50 and you'd be like, Ugh. yeah, which is terrible for draft. All right. It's all right for classic, but in draft, you just really, those 30 weeks break a week. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. A, a difficult one, but I think there are some, like given that what it's his third year, I think we've got something to work with there. So he's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, Ryan Burns, 98 points. Uh, was he on that wing on the outside role yeah, again? Yeah, he played yep. that. Is that pretty much what he played in round one? And yep. I've got stiffed here because I had a few injuries in my forward line. I picked him up last week. Yeah. And he got subbed out. I think he played like three quarters anyway last week, but he got subbed out. Didn't know what the injury was. I didn't pick it up. I didn't watch the full game yeah. last week. I was, yeah. was clashed with another game. I, I haven't watching. watched Saints yet this year. They've just always been on yeah. either Porter playing or yeah, I'm watching so the stiff. other Even Saturday night game. Round yeah. one, we only got to see the last like eight minutes or nine minutes yeah. of that game. No, I'm interested to see how they go because, like, you know, I own Jack Steele. Love watching him. But, yeah, like, they're either on the exact same time as Porter on or there's a game I'm just more interested in fantasy-wise <laughs> at the same time. So, But he yeah. scored, um, I think he scored, like, 97 in round one and then he only scored, like, 38 last week. So I dropped him back onto the waiver thinking it was, like, an injury. Yeah. And then, obviously, someone else picked him up and I missed the boat because I think he is this player. Like, Ross Lyon loves him and has put him in the side. Yeah, it's good to come see him from, crack at it. Come from really no preseason articles on him to really yeah. dominating that halfback flight. We all wrote so. him off last year. So yeah, yeah. Rossi Lyon loves him. So Yeah, that's oh, sweet. Um, James Jordan is the next one I want to talk about. So, he was he had 97 points. He was back in the CBA mix. It was kind of like reminiscent of the his first season, like his breakout kind of year when he, um, he was using the CBA more. So, obviously, we got um, Langdon and Hunt uh, on the wings at the moment. Um, um, so he's kind of been phased out of that role. But with Harms going out this week, uh, he was back in that CBA mix and actually scored pretty well. Oh, so that's all right. I was trying to check out the CBAs because <laughs> got the, the I was couch. watching this one at work, but I didn't check any of the stats. Yeah. No, um, so I, I don't know. Just like it just looked like a lot better role for fantasy. Use more in the midfield. Um, yeah, like he's definitely one to keep your eye on because we've seen him kind of score pretty well in the past. I think he won the the Michael Barlow Medal one year actually in the um, in the Traders kind of podcast. So one of the better first year players or whatever, or the you know rookie season players. So he's definitely one to watch. If he's back in that midfield mix, he can definitely score. And we know that Melbourne are trying to rotate their mids a bit more this year. Cosie Pickett's going to come back in a couple of weeks. They're going to get him back in there. But you know. It's good signs for they the love James him in Melbourne too. Yeah, he's exactly. one for the future. Like the fans love him, the members love him. You always see yeah. them posting about him. Hard so. worker. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Darcy McPherson is probably one I can make too good for the podcast as well. Um, he's got that really it's a nice tough one because role. I feel like a lot of people would still leave him on the waiver just because they're worried. Yeah, true. Worried about him. The thing is, like, like we've got Weller back, we've got Power back. We saw Constable go out before him. It was probably a bit of a coin flip between those two. Yeah, what was going to happen? There's still his potential, but he's just scoring so well at the moment. Yeah, and it's it's been good because, like I think, three years ago, four years ago, he was had a bit of midfield time, and he was playing up forward. Then he played snags, up forward, yeah, and then and it's then like he played lockdown and yeah, destroyed his destroyed his score. Yeah, and went we've back to seen, the knee but we've seen like potential from him in the past. It's kind of good to see him fulfil it, but. I don't know, maybe give him one more week, but he's got a nice role and he's scoring pretty well at the moment. Um, Luke Jackson would have made a lot of coaches happy and I breathe a sigh of relief or whatever, just given what he said up the last few weeks. 95 points yesterday, kicked two goals, looked really lively up forward, was okay when he went in the ruck as well. Um, Darcy obviously dominated, but uh, yeah, took a few good grabs up forward as well. So I think Jackson owners would be pretty happy. Again, playing West Coast, not something I'm going to expect each week. But uh, yeah, um, he kicked um, well, the free. It wasn't the first goal; it was Fremantle's first goal of the game, and it was like this nice running pickup goal that you just wouldn't expect from someone who's almost 27 yeah, that's years right, tall. I remember that one. Yep. Um, and kicked it on the run, and the Fremantle fans went nuts. And I think most weeks, this guy's got too much skill to keep dishing up bad scores, and he copped an absolute spray in the media. Sort of was expecting him to bounce back a fair bit. Um, and he'd look good up forward, not just in the ruck, because the ruck they were rucking is Bailey Williams. So, like, I think Sean Darcy had, what, 50-something hit out. So, it wasn't just his ruck work that was good. Like, he actually looked lively as a forward, took a big contested pack grab, kicked that goal on the run. So, definitely bounced back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who are we up to? Luke, oh, Jack Lacocious, that's the next one. Um, 90 points and five goals. Now, you know, we've seen him play a variety of roles over the last few years, um, halfback, wing, whatever. But we're kind of seeing a more kind of transition to what he was drafted as, and that's more of a key forward player. I, I don't – like, it's not going to be awesome for fantasy. Like, people who picked him up two or three years ago wanting that halfback role or whatever where he's scoring really well. I still think he's got the potential to be one of the best, like, key forward as a fantasy it scorer. It won't be awesome for fantasy until he – 
either players in a team that's winning consistent footy yep. or Gold Coast start winning consistent yep. footy. Um, they obviously won on the weekend, and he was like, that was that was his big like breakout game. Like yeah. he hasn't really had a massive breakout. I think that was the first one to kick five goals. So yeah, um, his first sample game, like first ever league game, was in a prelim or elimination final for Eagles. Yeah, with West Orange, and I think he kicked four goals on debut yep. in league, like in a sample final series. Um, and I think it was like three goals in the first quarter. Yeah, that was what really made people like stand out. And be like, well, this guy can impact like up forward like he was like a 17 year old kid yeah yeah um i think he's gonna be dangerous like he'll be like a nick rewalt type where he gets up the ground a yeah bit. but i don't know if you have the um, like yeah i don't know if you have the scoring prowess of someone like a nick real because the game's changed too much but he plays a similar type of i think he's, of the Greek, he's quite athletic like i'd love to see him throw in the midfield rotation at some point in his career because well, he's like foot skills is nuts i've seen will day put in the midfield because of his foot skills i've seen yeah, yeah. like brody smith is like one i know that's been put in the midfield because he's got a good leg but like yeah, well, I noticed uh, this week, like, he kicked, I think it was in the first or second quarter, like, kicked the goal, and then, like, he lines up on the wing at the very next, like, yeah. stoppage. So, there's still, like, some scope there. But then, if you look at, from the fantasy perspective, going back to, like, key forwards in fantasy, if you look at someone like Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy like, Cameron's averaging 108 in the that's moment. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, he, he and that's because he's, like, getting a lot of good ball services. Well, yeah. the problem at Gold Coast, I mean, yeah, they got Took Miller, but, like, they're just not getting the greatest ball service, and there's not a lot of it. They're losing games. So, like, so yeah. Ben King would probably be averaging, like, 75, 85 in a winning side. Yeah, 100%. So, um, yeah, there's scope there for some good scores. Some, you know, I'm not expecting, like, Stash, ever. Stash him in a keeper. Yeah, if, if he's probably is on a few waivers. I've seen him on a few waivers, yep. definitely. Yeah. Because he's people only ranking him as about a 60 average forward. For but, sure. Yeah, could be pretty dangerous in, like, a year or two. Uh, next one I'll talk about is Josh Dacos. I've got to make him too good for the podcast. He's had three 90-plus scores playing that outside midfield role at uh, Collingwood. So, I haven't 2G for Pete in before, but it's probably time we make him there. So him and Nick are just going nuts at the yeah, moment. absolutely. So. Uh, Nick Dacos, the only player um, to be 2G for p before this, we're ever playing a game in our <laughs> podcast. So, I don't know if there'll be another. Maybe we should have made Sheasel. But Who's we, the we draftee that everyone's they're playing off for this week? The Geelong Hawthorne Cup. Oh, yeah. Because they're both yeah. bottom of the ladder. Or, yep. Yeah. Um, so, they reckon he's worth three first round picks. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I've heard that a few times. The kids keep getting better every year. It's I heard crazy. that about um, Jack Martin, I reckon, a few years ago. See how we go. Uh, Sam Petrovsky Seaton, uh, 93 points. Um, just a lot of touches out of defense. He's listed as a forward, so that's I don't, pretty handy. I've, I've actually watched both West Coast games the last two weeks, which is uh, so unwell because I haven't watched the Saints play, but I've watched yeah. two West, <laughs> West Coast, Coast games. games. Um, but he looks pretty good. The West Coast obviously have copped so many injuries. That he's probably just found a real good opportunity to, to like shine here. Like yeah. everywhere around the ball. I think he even hit a few um few ball ups. I'm not sure about his CBAs, but I definitely saw him in the ball up like around the ground. Yeah, like rolling into their stuff. And he's yeah. quite good, like quite good at like just hitting the pack. Yeah. I think he could could almost break out this year because of the opportunities he'll get. Like Yeah. Nah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, d- I don't mind him giving a forward and then we'll talk about some injuries and stuff like that a bit later on. But uh, yeah, you could see a bit of a bump uh, over the next week or two uh, going forward. Um, I wanted to tweet this last week, but I knew that as soon as I did it, I would jinx it. So I didn't do it. But I wanted to talk up Cam Zerha as a streamer option uh, last week. Given that he had so many CBAs against uh, West Coast the week before, he was instrumental in like their kind of win because he just won every clearance in like basically the last quarter for him. So like given his forward, I was like, yeah. And playing at Pig Park as well. So it's a good <laughs> fantasy uh, ground. I was like, everything's lining up here for Cam Zerha. Then LDU out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything, everything got real tidy for him. Like, everything like, was just really lining up for him. So, I didn't tweet it because I was too scared I'd jinx it, but it did come off in the end. And I, if you look at my team, I did stream him uh, this week. So, yeah, nine CBAs, um, 91 points, kicked two great goals as well. Becoming a star for North Melbourne, really. Like, if they're going to progress as a side, they're going to need people like Cam Zerha to start standing up. And it's, He's it's had some games where he genuinely looks better than Dusty. Like, yeah. he's had, like, a small handful of games. I wouldn't even say probably five. Yeah. But there's been a few games where he's just, like the most influential player in the world. Like, it's crazy. He would, like, take big pack marks and then break away. Like, you, what you said, clearance work. Like, his clearance work is just nuts. Yeah. Like, how? where is this? Like, why? And we've been saying that for years. Why like, am I not seeing this every week? <laughs> yeah. like, but uh, he just floats in and out of games as well. Like, sometimes, he, yeah, I, I think there was one North game really stuck with me where he, like, literally won the game off his own back. Like, maybe kicked, like, three goals in the last quarter yeah. and had, like, five clearances. Yeah. And I was just like, why can't you do this regularly? Like, yeah. I, just, I see this, like, twice a year. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, well, if Clarko can get it out of him, it'd be yeah. fantastic. He'd and be, they wouldn't need to trade for Dusty a few years ago. They've got Zohar. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. Watch what happens with LDU as well. If he misses another week, he could be another good week for uh, Zohar as well. Um, Willem Drew. Uh, sorry, Dan Riel is next one, but I just want to make him 2G4P because he's That's 90 fair. points again. He's been yeah. slaying it this year. Yeah, like he's just there out that kick out of defence. He just gets on the boot so much for Richmond. Scores pretty well. Willem Drew has surprised a few. I put I- it in my notes, like that Port Crows game was so intense, so hard. It's just a showdown. That's how they always are. Yeah. And their scoring, the showdowns has always been so different to all the scoring for the rest of the year. Like every yeah. time there's a showdown, I just like would never captain anyone or anything in that because it's so inconsistent. Like anything can happen. They say it with the score, but it's also the same with the fantasy. Like yeah. some random player will pop up and score a ton and some one like Ollie Wines will score a 60 and you're like, yeah. it's frustrating. But we're like, it's such a hard contest and Will and Drew was just such, he's a hard nut. Yeah, like yeah. it suit that game suits him well. What was just interesting, I thought is like, yeah, Right back up in the CBA mix. He has been like just starting on a wing and then just playing as like an extra midfielder anyway. So it hasn't really mattered, but it's kind of like they bumped out the pecking order this week. Might have been the yeah, matchup thing, just try to rough up the He's crows. a hard nut. Yeah, yeah he goes, goes hard to the ball. I saw Power Pepper. I think I looked at the tackles. I think Willem Drew had like eight tackles or something. Yeah, so that's probably where yeah, most of his scoring came from. Yeah. Power Pepper only had the three tackles, but I mean, he probably like hit the body like 40 times. Yeah, didn't didn't exactly. get the tackle. Didn't wrap the arms around. Stat, but, you know, yeah. either knock the ball out of someone or bump someone like 40 times. So those two are just like hard nuts. So they played probably, I would have had Power Pepper and Willem Drew in contention for the medal with Port 1. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, it was just a game suited to the hard nuts. That was how, how they worked for the Port midfield. Yep. Uh, next one's Will Setterfield. Came back to earth a little bit, but still had 88 points. Um, that makes him... Too good for the podcast, given his average after three weeks. So, just wanted to write that one off. Uh, injured his finger. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, there's yeah. A, I've had so many people message me, like, even bumped into a few people last night, and they're like, what's wrong with Will Satterfield? What's wrong with it? He's yeah. listed as injured on the AFL scoring yeah, app because they put that. it next yeah, to his name. Okay. And I yeah. was watching the game, and I couldn't pick because I rewatched it um, last night. I just yeah. couldn't pick it up. I was like, where is this injury pop yeah, up? apparently had a dislocation at uh, the end or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it would have been right at the end because, I, yeah, I couldn't pick it up. I was, like, waiting for it to happen. Yeah. But I didn't see it pop up on the game when I was watching, so I was like, uh, yeah, couldn't find any info online. He should be right, but yeah, we yeah. gotta make him 2G4P given his scoring at the moment. So, yeah, there's another one off the list for future weeks. Might be a shorter podcast next week, there will be 2G4P, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Miles Bergman, um, 86 points. We saw Dersmar get subbed out of the game reasonably earlier, so he's. Main, like the main outside guy at Port Adelaide and you know it was talk pre-season of who's going to take the Carl Amon scoring or whatever and Bergman's the guy so but yeah it's not scoring the same as Amon but he's definitely a good ball user so scoring not, better than Amon this season though this season yeah <laughs> the hard to back up Amon's yeah, back-to-back yeah. ton seasons but yeah, yeah um, the funny thing was on the hill Bergman I mean the paper screwed up the other way but Bergman and Horn Francis yep. every time Bergman got the ball there was like people on the hill like booing like Crows fans being like Ripping into Horn Francis. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sitting there cringing like, oh, Horn Francis on the bench at That's the time. That's Miles Bergman. Like, yeah. Like, and then, you know, a couple of weeks earlier, those same people were probably the ones whinging about the advertiser doing it. Yeah, so. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, while we're on the same game, the Minge, Mitch Hinge. So he's in defence a lot more at the moment. Uh, he was on the wing quite a bit. Well, when he played last year, he was on the wing a bit more, but it looks good back there. We, I don't think we've talked about it, but Jordan Dawson went into the midfield. Um, a lot of yeah. CBAs, it just kind of left him to mop up uh, back there a bit more, take a a few more kick-ins and stuff like that. He had 86 points. So, what's your take on Mitch Hinch? When he first came to the club, I was pretty hot on him. I'm pretty sure I had him in my classic side the first time he was um, his rookie year. He would have been priced about like 350k or something. He was a little bit high, more expensive than the rookies, but I had him as like that D6 type option and everyone was roasting me. He was like 0.08% owned or something. Yeah. But I just thought he was like, he had a very similar to Brody Smith, like good ball user, similar height, similar build. Yeah. Um, and he just gets a lot of like outside ball. And then the best thing about him is he's like a good kick as well, similar yep. to Brody Smith. So they're always going to throw on the boot, which is extra points. Yeah, and he's got the right style of the game for fantasy. Then they so. chucked him up forward and on the wing, and yeah. he sort of screwed his scoring a bit. But yeah, that first season, I was quite hot on him for that. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't mind Mitch Hinge. If he's he's going to be a lot of waivers. Jordy so. Dawson and yeah. Malira, and they've got a few similar types. So. Yeah. No, but it's, it has been happening the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that as well. So hopefully it does continue. I'm not sure about the... The, the heights of the fantasy scoring, but the role should continue, I think. So, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, Oscar Baker uh, for Western Bulldogs come across from Melbourne. He had 88 points uh, on the weekend and he had the most metres gained on the ground for Western Bulldogs. Actually looked pretty good and did a lot of kind of throw it on the boot type kicks, but, you know, they they came off every now and then. I think he kicked the goal as well. So, he's an outside type and uh, one we're thinking about. I think we've got a fire engine uh, out the front of our house at the moment. It's <laughs> 
purely because of uh, there's the MFS base where Kane Corns actually used to um, do a bit of training. Used to see him running around this area quite a bit, but uh, they do a few drills and stuff down the street. So, I yeah. did see him on the way here. Yeah. Oh, you did see um, a few. Um, the one thing right? about Oscar Baker is he's a good like role filler. Yeah. Um, so I think at the end of the year they're probably going to talk about him as like one of the best recruits. Um, <laughs> Fire trucks really not a fan of the keeper league. Um, they'll probably like you know how every year they sort of be like this guy has been a great recruit, like best recruit of the year. Is like he's gone from not being on the radar, getting a game in Melbourne to like probably will play full season. I think wherever Bevo wants to put him, he'll just like he'll be like, yep, yeah, done. Like I'll do it. Like does, does feels the job. Yeah, feels the role. So yeah, all right. Well, uh, sorry I missed half of that because I was closing doors and trying to uh, yeah, block out the noise. So uh, I'll take what you said <laughs> for that, and uh, we'll keep going. But thank you for continuing there. Um, let's continue on. Uh, Josh Ward's next one. I'm just going to 2G4P him as well. He had 85 points. He's just going to be owned in so many keeper leagues, being just a gun junior. Like you're not going to get your hands on him, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, 2G4P, despite what he scores each week, you're holding on to him for the future. Absolute gun kid. Um, all right, Jaden Hunt. Had 84 points. Now, is he an option now? We've seen Witherden probably out this week. Sounds gross, but I actually, at the moment, have him in my classic side as my trade this week because I just think those injuries to West Coast and Jaden Hunt, just the way he's playing, he's getting up the ground so much. I think he's kicked goals almost every game he's played this year. Yeah. He's playing up on the wing. Yeah, he he does. Plus, he plays down back. But he's definitely nowhere near that type, that lockdown role that he had at um, Melbourne. Like, he's playing, they're letting him use his leg speed. They're like, go ham, just go ham and run. Well, he offers just something a bit different. To what they've got in their outside types, anyway, like he's a bit more quick. Well, they got Shannon Hearn and yeah, exactly. players like that that yeah, are quite yeah. slow. So they definitely he's got a license. He's got licenses to do it every once and yeah. run and carry and kick. So. And even up on the wing, like he's more, he's quicker than Gaff. You know, like he provides more run and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Now there's a few outs. Like he could be a well, main. I think, I think classic is priced like in the mid three hundreds as well. See, still, I'm, so like I'm just I was kicking myself. Like hindsight's a bitch, but like why didn't I just go constable to him? Like that's what yeah. I, that's what I probably should have done. But uh, anyway, a bit late now. But I think I thought that would uh, you know when I. Looked at the matchup on Sunday. I was like, "This is what I should have done." No, anyway, um, Jack Bowes uh, is the next one. Uh, Eighty points. He had five CBAs, but he was in defence for most of the game. I think this is what he's going to produce. Like, he I think filled he's all be stat lines. He didn't have a, like a really good game. Yeah, but I think he kicked a goal. Like he had a few marks, had a few tackles. Like he just filled all the stat lines. He didn't do anything crazy. But I mean, that was I thought that was pretty handy for like a keeper league type yeah, player. Yeah. Is that just filling stat lines is like real handy just for scoring consistently? Like I feel like once he kind of works his way into the system, Geelong win a few games and stuff like that. I think he can put up like an eighty average. Yeah, which is probably yeah. what he was about at Gold Coast yeah. as well. He's if he like never yeah, high eighties, yeah, yeah. Now he's one. I, I'm like people are writing off, and the classic world is hating on him because he's not scoring as well as he should be. At well, I, know. I never expected him to dish out tons, but yeah, yeah. yeah. High, I'd take high eighties and Jack Bowes considering yeah. his price. It's fine. Uh, Tom Powell had eighty points. It's just good to see him getting a run. Did you watch this one? Yeah, I mean they were playing um, Hawthorne, who have like one of the most inexperienced midfields as well. But he definitely got more midfield time this year, this week. Yeah, um, I wouldn't read overly into it. I think Will Phillips was right up this Will week. Will Phillips as well. had the most CBAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had like seventeen CBAs, but only like and I guess with all the fifteen outs touches that they had or in the midfield as well. So yeah. that does help him. But you know, just good to see him playing each week. Um, struggled last year. Um, yeah, and just good to see him getting a bit of a run. He's definitely one that can develop into Put something. him on your, um, your bench and then stash him for when he comes to the crom. <laughs> yeah, he does a <laughs> South Australian boy. So the, when they get him in Lacocious, look out. I'm not yeah. going to love being a port supporter then. But anyway, uh, Charlie Dixon, um, he's just one at the moment. I need to break. I don't know why I've got on the break. It should be in the fossils, really. But, uh, <laughs> but obviously put him in the a few spot. goals. He loves yeah. the showdown. He loves a big game like that. I think that. he's averaging like 80 at the moment. Yeah, so, no, he, yeah. It's, it's rare, but he he's actually... When he's up and about, he's all right. He's handy in fantasy. Yeah. Which is when he gets injured, that's when it crushes your season. Yeah, I obviously put him in the wrong spot, but yeah, he's playing right at the moment. We won't talk about him in the fossil watch later on. Uh, Peter Laddams, 77 points. Just has patches. Like, he looked pretty awful like the first half of the game but then just started taking a few good like contested marks around the ground and stuff like that and he just looks sore all the time as well like I don't <laughs> think he's like 100% he just really needs some moment. confidence in his game yeah. I think he hasn't been in and out of the side for like the last five years like he hasn't had a good yeah. run at just playing like 10 games in yeah. a row really fantasy scoring wise like and, and the thing is, Ruck's put up big scores, like big numbers against him as well. So that's probably like weighing on his mind. He's a probably bit, not the like, best 
tap Ruckman, but he's pretty handy around the ground. Yeah. In similar mold to like a Tim English, not yeah. same scoring yet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you if he's going to be scoring well, he needs to be kicking goals and taking grabs around the ground, which yeah, yeah he did that in the second half. For the first half, he was almost non-existent. Yeah, that? exactly. So yeah, I don't know. He like, like I said, like he can look bad or look inconsistent, but still put up 70s, 80s, that type of thing. So he's one to, he's one to watch. Hickey will come back later in the season. That's but he's just fairing everyone off, isn't it? That yeah. Hickey factor. It's like when that happens, then you have to put him on your bench. But, but I think this is probably Hickey's last season anyway. So like going forward beyond this year, he's a ruckman that you probably want to get your hands on because he is a fantasy type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riley Philthorpe, 74 points, five goals. Not touching him to, he's probably a tip of the cap performance right now, but that five goal performance is just encouraging to see him do that I want him to be a ruckman one day but uh, he's probably four years away from being fantasy relevant yeah probably which is stiff because he's only he's 20 years old yeah but I mean 198 centimetre key you need to wait a few more years to Absolutely. just get those points out of him yeah I reckon around age 24 25 like yeah. he's, he's going to come Tex will retire yeah. Phil Thorpe takes the reins yeah that'd be the the mark but you, you Probably too long to stash on your bench. I think Fogarty was out in this game as well, so that probably helped him a yeah. bit too. But yeah, Archie Perkins had 73 points. Just good to see him bounce back uh, this week. Um, but yeah, after a 35 last week, he's definitely... It's just good that he can play up forward and run through the midfield and still put up a decent handy score. I think all my forwards this week just scored like around the 70 mark, which was pretty handy. You think Satterfield's <laughs> crushed him a little bit in his development? Is that Not as much. I think the big one is Jai Caldwell. Yeah. He's probably killed it the most. I think this is probably what I expected Archie Perkins. They've got all these good draft picks, and then they keep recruiting for other clubs. And yeah, like, oh, like when Shield came half in, he's like, yeah. just, just play the kids. They need to trade out like, like a Shield yeah. or something like that. If they want to, like, because they're obviously in a rebuild stage. Yeah, and they're bringing all these mature age players from other clubs. And I'm like, just you've got the really good draft picks in there, like yeah, yeah. Durham and yeah. Perkins. I don't think Perkins is as effective because the forward is still his main game. Yeah, and then it's more of a pinch hit in there. But yeah, there's a few there. Like yeah. Um, Try yeah. Menzi even they played Menzi and I'm like yeah. <laughs> yeah just give Perkins like so much more time but yeah anyway uh, Noah Cumberland I just thought he just caught my eye 23 points was really lively when he came on put up some handy scores last year I think as well Samson Ryan probably gets dropped which means Cumberland probably comes in yeah. and plays a full game next week as yeah. well so like I wouldn't expect huge scores for him because he does play kind of taller. Um, a lot of the time but uh, he's good at hitting the scoreboard we saw that last yeah, year exactly. so could be a handy one to have on a bench because they play Fridays and Thursdays and stuff like that too so a bit of yeah. a streamer type option or a loophole type option might be a good one to own um, and that wraps up that kind of breakout tracking section we'll move on to just the rookies um, I have to make Harry Sheasel too good for the podcast yeah it's crazy yeah like he was the, I think he's a leading I think Clayton Oliver might be now but um on Sunday morning, he was the leading fantasy scorer in the game. So, yeah, nuts. Um, Cam McKenzie, uh, 94 points. Um, more of an outside role this week and up forward as well, but uh, not getting the same CBA as he was uh, week one. But, yeah, just good to see him put up a score. Again, again it's against North Melbourne on a very fantasy-friendly ground. But, yeah, um, yeah encouraging to see. Ruben Jinby, I'm going to make too good for the podcast as well. Um, 82 points. Just rolls through the midfield. Like, he's one of your better defenders. Just as a, def- as a defense yeah. status, like, he, he is, like, a must-have for any keeper. Yeah. I think everyone's snagging by now. Yeah, he's probably going to lose that defensive status. He will yeah. probably next year. Yeah. But, I mean, for this year, if he keeps dishing up 80s, like, he's very good enough to play in any keeper oh, league. like, on field. Yeah, 100%. You don't get too many. I reckon this year there's been some good rookies. that like, I know the rookies are a bit more scarce, but they're the ones that are playing scoring. Well, yeah, obviously, so. if, you got, if you picked up Sheasel, Ashcroft, McKenzie, or yeah. Gimby in any of those like redrafts or like pickups, you'd be pretty happy with yourself right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, Jacob Van Royen, uh, 76 points, uh, new fan favourite at Melbourne. Um, it's pretty encouraging to see. But yeah, kicked three goals on debut. The three goals obviously helped him get to that 76. Wouldn't expect it all the time. Kicked but two goals in the last quarter. Yeah, exactly. Um, when they were sort of like, already won the game, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the one note I did have, I put it in here, where is it? It was like a real interesting note, is Melbourne yep. have like the softest run for the next seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put like Van Royen and Chandler. Yeah. Is it if they, they've got Essendon, West Coast, Richmond, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Hawthorne and Port coming up. Ooh. So like out of those seven weeks, I'd say probably like six of those teams, probably bottom eight sides at the end of yep. the year. Yeah. Um, so imagine if Melbourne kick a lo- like a lot of goals. So obviously he's kicked three goals, scored 76. I think Chandler kicked three goals, scored about 70. Yeah. If they keep running, you know, if they towel up West Coast, kick four or five goals, those guys could be hitting like 75, 85 for the next six or seven weeks. Yeah. So it could be pretty handy to stash on a bench. Just those young kids from Melbourne that haven't been picked up. I'm trying to think. There's probably a few others like Neil Bullens. 
um, who's a Spargo. They're just players that hit the scoreboard. Yeah. Because if they're going to be having Sparrow pretty easy wins. Well, maybe, yeah. 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 Maybe just stash a few Ds. Look at the Ds players. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, especially if they got a nice run, they might use an opportunity to blood a few or just kind of give people extended runs so they can get some development in while they're yeah. a top team. And yeah. Then, and then, yeah. I mean, if this kid can kick three goals every week and score 70s, he's pretty handy to have on the bench. Yeah. So. I think uh, Ben Brown went out of the game as well. Yeah, he probably did. helped him too. So, but anyway, another thing to note. Uh, the other one, Matthew Johnson just made his debut coming off the uh, off the bench. Um, but yeah, sorry for the sub. But he had 24 points in a quarter and a little bit. So he looked pretty yeah. lively. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. They injected him into the into the midfield. It's going to be hard good. to get game time there. There's so many kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. And when he's still Will Brody. So many good kids. As well. Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. And um, yeah. O'Driscoll and Erasmus. Like, yeah. They've drafted pretty well the last few years. Uh, some of the B2P players, the guys that have come back to the podcast in recent times, uh, Seb Ross is one of them. So he had 117 points. We kind of said this last week that you should ride this bump while Steel is out, I guess. Um, yeah, what's your take? Do you reckon he can continue further or do you think it's just kind of... I had some people message me during the week thinking like, who's going to fill Steel's role? Will it be Owens? Yeah. Uh, will it be Philippu? Like all these like potential like players that will play midfield even like Wanganin Malira people thought he might roll through yeah but like yeah I mean the obvious choice has to be Seb Ross um, I'll actually I, for some reason in my head I thought he was like 31 32 years old yeah nah he's only yeah. 29 yeah and it just seems to be this like Saints thing that every time we get a good midfielder we just make them older than they are like yeah. um, David Armitage yep. used to like score really well and be a gun and then nothing when he was like 29 30 they just like dished him out yeah you're, you're done yeah Jack Steven was another one he was like 28 29 yeah. and when he sort of like wound up yeah I mean Seb Ross 29 now the 20 everyone else is 29 around the place is still tearing up like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Josh Kelly's 29 at the end of the year yeah, but yeah, with with someone like Ross, like Ross Lyon, that is, he's not messing around. Like he wants to win footy games, so he's probably well, the way they go now. They're three and zip. They'd, yeah, you'd yeah. want to keep on the roll. Yeah. Like you're half a sniff of going to yeah. f- making finals now. So they're going to put the best, most probably the like most experienced player in there over trying to develop a kid in that spot. If that like, was zero three, then I'd expect expect Philippu to run through the midfield yeah. or yeah. Uh, have a, you know Owens have a rotation. But yeah. yeah, when you're three and zip, you're like, well, finals is really on the cards. Just note that it. Probably will dip when Steel comes back. De- in oh, definitely. You don't weeks, need to be. So. It'd just be one of those fillers. Like you'd be like, all right, I can get six weeks out of this guy. Probably yeah. play him on field for six weeks, and I can dish him back yeah. on the waiver. Be a bank. You bank a few wins in this period by picking him up off the waiver wire, and you know, hopefully, holds you in good stead for finals and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, Blake Hardwick's put up a few good scores this season. I think round one and now round three, he's gone okay. Had 115 points on the weekend. Just mopped up. They played him everywhere back. as yeah. well. They played him um, up forward for a bit uh, the other week. I was yep. watching on the footy. Yeah, yeah they definitely did. It was so strange. They like swung him forward in the last quarter. Yeah. Um, and it's then, yeah, he ran through the midfield a little bit when I was watching the other week, the Hawks. Yeah, it's probably worth picking up at the moment. So, yeah. yeah he he does this, did this last year as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has patches. had a pretty good patch for yeah. a bit. Um, Jack Scrimshaw made his return as well, 104 points. He's a lot of marks defence. Kicked the goal, so he's a push forward there. Yeah. Um, he has been shown so much over the years. It's just whether he's in favour with the coach and what role he's playing. All whether that sort he's of stuff. injured. Yeah, he's on a lot of waivers. I actually put a few requests in for him yep. this week. So yeah, hopefully he can pick that one up. So yeah, I definitely recommend picking up Scrimshaw if he's not owned in your league. Uh, Lockie Weller had ninety points. I'm going to make him too good for the podcast. He just plays the right role for that defensive line. We just didn't really see it happen last year, but I guess another year training in that position and stuff like that. He just looks the goods back there, and he was. Pretty instrumental in their win over Geelong. So, yeah. too good for the podcast. Lockie Weller, congratulations. Um, Luke McDonald, 87 points. North North backline is actually pretty fantasy friendly when you think about it. They like to chip around and try to draw opponents forward. Yeah, so you think about I mean, Aaron Hall's out of the side now, but when Aaron Hall was in the side, he was tearing up. When Z, every time Zeeble goes down back, everyone jumps on him in classic. Like, mm-hmm. if there's an article that comes out that Zeeble's going to play defence, it's yeah. just like, go get trade him in. Yeah. And McDonald's the one that just slides under the radar. No one really speaks about yeah. him in classic articles. Given he's a captain as well, he can kind of do what yeah, he wants. Yeah, well. I've definitely stashed him in a, like, a lot of drafts this year. I definitely went probably a little bit early on him. Yeah. Just because I think he's a consistent like. He's not going to get dropped. Whereas like Hall will be in and out of side. Zeeble might be in and out of roles. But I think like McDonald's always just going to be the constant in that back line because agree, he's yeah. the captain. Yeah, I think so. That's his spot and that's what he plays each week. So, yeah, there could be a few changes. But, yeah, McDonald's definitely worth owning if he's available in your league. Um, Lockie Whitfield, he comes back to the podcast this year. 82 points. Just good to see him back in defence, the natural role. I reckon once he just gets a decent run at things, like fully fit, doesn't get knocked out or whatever, like we could see some good scores from him soon. So. He's a, yeah, roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, before we uh, move on to the next segment, I just want to touch on the membership. Uh, so if you want to support this podcast, uh, please show your support by becoming a member. Um, at the moment, we've 
putting up uh, CBA numbers, kick-in numbers, uh, state league fantasy scores. I update the breakout tracker each week as well so you can see how players are trending against the best in the competition in the early stages of their career. So, yeah, if you're interested in joining up, uh, yeah, head to the website. I'll put a link in the description below. But, yeah, anything, anyone who signs up keeps this podcast going uh, from this point forwards. So, um, yeah, thank you to the following gold members. Um, Scott Canther, uh, Josh Kane, Andrew Hutchinson, Tim McAuliffe, uh, Rahul Bass, or Baze, I'm not really sure how to say that one, uh, Dale Young, uh, Daniel O'Brien, James Wilcourt, Jake Lynch, and Jake Miller. So thank you to those people. Um, but if you can't support the club, uh, the club, the podcast financially, um, you can also show your support in other ways. Um, I'd love a few more subscribers on the YouTube channel, I reckon, to kind of pump those numbers up a bit more. So um, yeah, check in my live streams uh, each Wednesday night for Game Day Squad. If you could chuck us a follow there, that'd be great. Or anything on Instagram, Twitter, and retweeting and all that sort of stuff. All that helps the podcast. So appreciate everything all our listeners do to help grow this thing. All right, we'll get into the uh, Mr. Consistent segment. So basically what that means is just guys who are probably never going to be too good for the podcast, but just are handy to own and circumstances usually lead to them scoring pretty well um, from time to time. At the moment, Jack Silvani, um, he's always been a really handy one to own as an owner. And it was mainly because of the ruck time he was getting, like, you know, if they only play one ruck, he would jump in and do the pinch hitting. But he had 89 points on the weekend. Um and he's just a handy forward to own. He was just kind of roaming on that half forward line. Yeah, I mean, they played two yeah. rocks on the weekend, so he played full-time yeah. forward. Yeah. I had him last year in probably three keeper leagues, I reckon, and yeah. on field most weeks. Because he's like a bad game for him was like a 65. Never would score yeah. a ton. Like he rarely ever went like 120. Yeah, he's got that kind crazy. of high floor, which is but, good. But um, he just would like, yeah, 65 to 85, which is pretty handy to have like a F3 in a keeper league. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You could have a lot worse. You could have a roller coaster player. Like at the moment, I got Jaden Stevenson in those roles oh, and he's God. scoring like 40s. Yeah, so, I've got him in a league. Yeah, Silvani, I would definitely rather have because just consistent scoring. Like he yep. usually bobs up for a goal or two. For sure. Um, the other one is uh, Tom Barras I've got in here 86 points he just takes a lot of marks and I think with McGovern out he'll need to stand up a little bit more so, definitely get um, more of a yeah, focus yeah. I reckon he'll just kind of float back there and try to just mark everything that's coming into that uh, for uh, defensive 50 so yeah he's uh, a one I really like again we'll have some shit weeks where he just plays pure lockdown but when he gets his hands on the footy takes some grabs he scores big um, Jacob Wiedering just loves going at about that 70 range and I think because he's been low in the last few years but he hasn't really had a lot of support in defence um, knowing March Banks back knowing McGovern's been back this and then, year um, who's it Lewis Young or yep. Lockie Young I yep. can't I always uh, get confused Lewis Young Lewis is, uh, Young at Carlton, Carlton. yeah so like he just got more support around him which allows him to just kind of leave his man a little bit more and do a few extra things takes a few kick-ins as well so Wiedering's a consistent player that'll just get you a 70 60 to 70 pretty much most weeks Ben Ainsworth will always get you a 70, like I've noticed. Yeah. Like, even when he's not looking like he's getting anywhere near it, like he'd be on 25 at halftime or whatever, he would just kick a goal late, you know. He's really feel that. Um, I mean, Alex Sexton played as a sub on the weekend, but he's feel that like, Alex Sexton yeah. type forward role where just banks, you can bank on him kicking a goal yeah. and you can bank on him getting, you know, Few probably tackles. five to six marks yeah, and just, yeah, exactly. just bobbing up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's one I like as a consistent player. Mitch McGovern, going back to Carlton, I think. We we tracked we said we predict predict uh, projected a seventy average this season, and yeah he scored sixty nine the weekend. I think he's averaging about seventy three at the moment. If he didn't have any like injury proneness and he didn't keep backing into packs, yeah, I think everyone would lock him in. Like, they'd be like, yeah, this guy's just so solid, like consistent. Yeah. He's going to be floor of seventy, probably score a couple tons when he tears up yeah. but the problem is he just gets so it's worse to watch like you just every time he goes to the ball you're like oh God. yeah exactly <laughs> but he's another one that takes kick-ins as well from time to time does have a good leg he can kind of just clear it out of there if they need to so yeah he's going to put up 70s around that mark for most weeks so he's one to look at Callum Wilkie I love this guy as a, a measure of consistency he had 100 points on the weekend um, one of your Saints boys Never going to be too good for the podcast, but just handy to own. Isn't I he feel. in the? He's in the leadership group now. I as think well. so. Yeah, you're right. So actually. Like, yeah, yeah, he's never going to get dropped either. I don't yeah. think. Like he's just even if he has a bad game, it's just like oh well. he's yeah, exactly. he's, he's earned his stripes. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, we'll move on to the tip of the cap. So we won't spend heaps of time on these, but players that scored well, but probably don't expect it each week. Um, Jake Kelly. I don't even want to talk about that one, but 109 <laughs> points. Like he's just, just playing Saints. Saints yeah, had exactly. A, had a free reign down back. Exactly. Um, well, Harris Andrews actually put up. I think two good scores in a row. So he had a shitload of marks. Was it like eleven marks or yeah. something? Dogs, and you know, dogs forward line is a bit incoherent. Like it doesn't stand up, stack up a lot of the time. It's usually one you can bank on a key defender yeah. taking a lot of marks. Yeah. So um, I know he's had two in a week. If he does it again, I'll 
move, bump, bring him out of here or bring him to Mr. Consistent or something like that. But yeah, Harris Andrews, I just never like chucking him up higher on the list. That's all. Um, Oscar Allen, 96 points from three goals. He's on 75 at half time. Yes. Yeah. And I think he got, he did cop a knock to the knee or something like he that. He might so have been in like, I think he was on like 56 at quarter time. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah like he looked like he was about to break the game open and kick a bag of 10. Yeah. But then just yeah, disappeared in the second yeah. half. So, yeah, I yeah, don't think that's going to happen each week, especially if he copped that knock and he's a bit sore. Lockie Schultz always just goes okay in, in um, you know, in, in patches. So, 90 points, but I wouldn't be banking on that one. Got robbed of mark of the year, if anyone saw that. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't think I saw that. It watched was, uh, bits and pieces of it. touched but, yeah. off the boot. Oh, he, no, I did see that, yeah. And, yeah. It was just, and then they went back to the footage and yeah. it actually wasn't touched. Yeah, I saw that. And he took an absolute screamer. Yeah, no, that's disappointing. Um, Connor Nash had 92 points. There's most, no real tagging for him to do. I most think. CBAs as well. Yeah, for exactly. Hawthorne. So just kind of played in the midfield, and yeah, like I said, just didn't have to do a lot, like do, yeah. any, do any jobs or anything. So yeah, um, definitely flag those midfield minutes though. Like if he keeps hitting most CBAs each week, yeah, of course. Then because yeah. um, Finn McGinnis again, like he wasn't really doing anything on the inside as well. No. Was he? Yeah. So yeah, interesting to see. Um, Jack Higgins, 90 points. He's just, I don't know, he always promises so much, but just He's one that I like to stash in leagues, but it might be because I'm a Saints fan. And and everyone been, still always draws back to his underage scoring. Underage well. scoring. Yeah. But I just, I think he can just be like, he's had a tough run with injuries. Obviously, like last year, he had a few concussions and like a few just crook injuries that just shouldn't happen to like a small forward. Um, but he, he's very good at like just hitting. His kicking's terrible, but he's good at hitting the scoreboard. Yeah, 100%. So like if he has a few goal games where he kicks like four goals, he scores those 90 to 100s. Up. Yeah. It'd be handy to have his emergency in the bench, especially if they get an early game in the week and you can loophole it in. And the last cap I'm tipping is uh, to Tyler Brockman. 80 points. Just good to see him back, but 80 points, kick three goals. Like, I think he struggles to be on the side most of the time. Well, I know there's been a few concerns and things like that about him, but yeah, like the three goals inflated his score. I'm gonna to have to see him do it a few more times before I get put out a um this dot fantasy relevant. I put out a hot tip in our punting group at work. Yeah. That Tyler Brockman was paying sixty one to one for most goals for the yeah. game. And yeah, yeah kick three goals. Well, kick the most go. goals. So. Did anyone get on it? Yep. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> a lot of money was won this week. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh into the fossil watch, uh, just some veterans that you should look at trying to get if you're contending. You'll probably have to be uh, pick them up cheaper or just for a few first year players that haven't played yet or something like that. You might be able to get someone like Patrick Dangerfield. Um ninety two points. I think he's just a handy player to round out your midfield. Like for me, if he, if I was to try to get him in, he'd be probably like my M5, M6 kind of range. He looked on track to score over a ton as well. It's yeah. just that last quarter, Gold Coast rolled over him yeah. a little bit. I think he sits on the pine a bit as well, which yeah. probably doesn't help. Yeah, he's been playing like 60, yeah, 70, yeah. 65% time on ground, yeah. which is a bit... But I think he can but. average like 80, 85 this year pretty easily, I think. So um, he's a good one to just... Yeah, you can get cheap. Um, yet to... Be be a winner in as a captain this year. Maybe he's the problem. I don't know. <laughs> um, Nick Haynes, uh, eighty five points. He's been reborn. Apparently, what was the article in the paper? something. Um, I, I saw the headline. It was the more that he just had some health issues that really affected his fatigue. Or something. Or something. He didn't, yeah. I don't think they mentioned uh, what it was. Yeah, it was like a fatigue issue. Yeah, yeah, that was about, um, yeah. yeah, I don't. I remember reading up on it like last year at some yeah. point. So apparently he's over that now. And like um, glandular fever, but not actually glandular fever. Yeah, chronic fatigue or something. Yeah. But yeah, like apparently he's over that now and, and it's showing in his fantasy game. Like a few years ago, he was almost a primo. Uh, I think defender. a few years ago, everyone had him in their classic side. All yeah. Australian, wasn't he? He was pretty cheap. Yeah, he was and, averaging yeah. 90 odd and he was just like taking all the kickouts and that was the year where they let, if you ran out of the square, you could get yeah, points. Okay. And he was- First one of that. Destroying that, like he was just every kick out was running out. And yeah, so yeah, he's definitely one to um to have a look at because he's thirty plus, um and yeah, like you just like when they he was picked up in our league, I just kind of scoffed a bit. I was like, Nick Haynes, well he's done, but no, he's really making a resurgence at the moment. So yeah, one of the senior heads in that back line and scoring okay. Um, Trent Cochin, Trent Cochin, I don't know, I said that weird. Eighty points. Um, he was always going to see a bit of a bump, I think, with Hopper and Dusty out, but yeah, I see what happens there. They um they obviously played. Taranto was main mid, Prestia played main mid, and that third sort of mid spot they rolled through Cochin, Shy Bolton, and Jack Ross was another one that went in there. I think Ross had a couple, yeah, like two or three. Okay, but I think it was like Bolton and um, Cochin sort of pushed back up in there where they've been playing down forward. Yeah, a lot the last few weeks, but yeah, they both got a bump in their CBAs, and I mean we saw Bolton when he gets a bump in his CBAs goes up as well. Yeah, forgot to put Jack Ross in the show doc, but he put up a pretty yeah, yeah he scored score. ninety. Or yeah, yeah, so that was pretty good to see him. He's always one that looked like a a player that has the potential to do something if he can get a consistent role in the midfield, but I just don't know if it's happening. He plays on the wing a bit, but yeah. Um, 
And still side bottom, scored 80 points. He's just a pretty consistent player. Is that player. a good start of the year? Yeah. I think I should slay in it. Um, yeah. Not that I do much supercoach, but I did look at the supercoach scores because someone put up a tweet. I think it was like they were comparing Doherty's score to Jack Buckley's score, and Jack Buckley outscored Doherty this week. Yeah. Doherty scored like the most fantasy points. Yeah. I don't know, some crook tweet. So I just looked at some supercoach scores, and still Sidebottom's averaging like 105 in supercoach. Yeah. And it just shows he's still playing really good footy, even though yeah, they've yeah. sort of written him off as like being an older guy and he's, uh, winding up. He's a pretty important player for yeah, Collingwood. Yeah. And like he doesn't get a lot of attention that other people do, um, like he used to as well. And knowing how classy he was as a younger player, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I just think if you've got him and you're not contending, you could sell him pretty well right at the moment. So, um, yeah, still side bottom is definitely one that's probably worth owning if you are contending as well. So, um, I've just got a new little segment here. I just went through and just. Wanted to think about a few scoring bumps this week. I think coincidentally we've probably talked about most of them, but the Darcy Cameron injury is a is a big one. What do you see happening there? Like, there's talk about young Steen. I don't even know his first name. Um, Oscar, Oscar Steen, Oscar Steen yeah, that's right. from um, West Adelaide. Yep. Uh, Does he? He's the only fit ruckman on the list. But I don't think he's like. So I remember seeing the press conference. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like he wasn't overly like hot and steam. Like they didn't, didn't yeah. put that one in place. He was Pretty like, cool. oh, we'll just we'll gauge what we can do. Like it was like a real yeah, which made me lean more towards that they might use McStay, possibly even Frampton or yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. They got those Ash there. Johnson even. Yeah, it was. T- I saw that. He take a few. Uh, well, he's like 191 centimeters. But he's jump, got a though. massive leap yeah. and he's just strong, like yeah. real strong body in the shoulders. So yeah. he's probably pretty handy in the rock. I mean, I think have, just looking at him next to someone like Mason Cox, he looks short. But then, but he, like, yeah, yeah, I mean. It so might that's be another a case like of using McStay in so the centre bounce and then rotating him back to forward. Yeah. And then using someone like a uh, Ash Johnson around the yeah. ground. Do you know how, like, Mason Cox isn't actually on the AFL injury list it was a, this morning. Uh, what was it, internal bleeding or bruised ribs or something? I think it was like yeah. four to five weeks. Oh, really? That long? Yeah. So um, BT uh, interviewed him after the game. He's like, you're far away. And he's like, oh, we'll wait and see. So, yeah. It was um, like a blood clot or something on his ribs. Uh, okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, damn. He's just in the change rooms, they, you know, roving Brian. They went yeah, to him. Yeah, I mean, they, they might mystic. rush him back a little bit early because yeah. you can probably put, it's just hard because if he's going to play in the ruck and you've got bad yeah. ribs, then that can be a bit hard, but they can probably put some like padding on that. If Cox doesn't come back, then I think, yeah, you're right. McStay oh, is the I one. I don't think Cox will play this yeah. week. There's no chance yeah. he's close enough for this week. McStay is the one. I just don't but, think yeah. they'll blood stain because they don't really yeah, need that slaughter. bad. Like they they have never, I mean, once they got rid of Grundy, they'd have yeah, really, they have Yeah, that's how little they value their rocks. Yeah, they're so just like, we have a good midfield. Now we've <laughs> yeah. got Mitchell and Dugowie pumping like. Yeah, correct. Now, I think McStay is one who gets the bump though. And we've seen it. We saw it at Brisbane last year as well. When someone, you know, someone got injured, he'd be the one that goes in there and scores pretty well. So, he's here the biggest bump, I think. And you might be right. They might just rotate a few through there. Um, Mason Wood. So, do you think Ryan Burns is the main beneficiary there? Ryan Burns already got the role on the other wing. So, yeah. I'm just like, they're probably going to have to feel the other side. Yeah. It's like, Ryan Burns is already the wing guy. Like, he's already... Already in that role, yeah. So who, um, who comes in on it's your tough wings? because Ryan Burns is short. He's like this is a small yeah, winger. So yeah, they probably want a taller winger. Yeah, um, which could be a tough one. I don't I mean Mitch Owens is just slaying up forward and kicking yeah. goals, but he'd be one that if he wasn't needed up forward, I'd probably play could him on Philippo the wing. Philippo roll up, or they might use him up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean Philippo still played up forward on the weekend. He didn't kick a snag. Yeah, but he still played an alright game. Yeah, might might rotate him up there. I'm just trying to think. They might play. Um, Anyone coming out Brad, of the twos? Brad Hill and yeah, okay. um, Malira, Wanganin Malira on the wing. Yeah, no, a that's more. a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's easy for you. Uh, Wanganin Malira. Oh, yeah. I'd probably yeah. look at Wanganin Malira. I think he yeah. had 80 on the weekend. Yeah. No, 79. Yeah, li- right. yeah, yeah, a little bit taller. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, I think he might get the bump there. Um, and then the West Coast injury. So McGovern, yeah, we talked about Barras, probably jumping out. Now, Shuey went out. Was it the hamstring again? I don't know. Yeah, what it was, it was yeah. a. Soft Some, tissue. Something like. I couldn't. I didn't have the commentary on it at work. I was at a gig, but I thought he. Yeah. I honestly looked like his career was done. He was just in like yeah. so much anger on the bench. He lasted that like, whole like eight minutes on field and didn't have yeah. a soft tissue. So classic. Uh, well, Jai Carley was listed as a test last week, so he could come straight in and go okay if he's given just the exact same responsibilities, which is potentially who okay. came off the bench as well for the sub. It was um Elijah uh, Hewitt. Hewitt. Hewitt, and he, he got thrown. I think he had four CBAs for the game. Um, I think that's all it was, but but yeah, yeah I probably you probably might give him a game and then put Cully as a sub. Maybe there was a comment from Adam Simpson saying they didn't expect him to be able to run out a full game just yet. Okay, and so that they might not use that. That's all. But um, yeah, I think Cully might be the the main inside guy if he comes in. Maybe Sheed might get a bit of a bump finally. Yeah, Sheed had a good last quarter. I yeah, think he was on like twenty at halftime, and I think he ended up with like a seventy-five score. So. 
Yeah, I did get a bump in, in that second half. Yeah, maybe that could be one to monitor the week I trade him out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, and Witherden uh, looks like he might miss as well. So um, I think Yo was listed as a test last week, so that could come straight back in. And we talked about Hunt earlier. Depends where he's playing, if it's halfback or on the wing. But I think I think Hunt's probably like a, yeah, a, a one that I really have a lot of interest in as a kind of underpriced the, um, option. The one thing with the defenders as well is I was watching the other week Obviously, Hearn takes majority of the kickouts, but I also saw, I think it was McGovern took a couple and Witherden was taking, like, anytime Hearn was off the field, Witherden was the kickout guy, like, that he would always take the kickout. Yeah. So, I'm thinking, like, who takes the kickout when Hearn goes off? Yeah. Because it's, that could be an important, like, 10 to 15 point bump yeah, on any of those true. defenders. So, whether that, I don't know if it's Jane Hunt, because no, Jane Hunt's so breakaway speed's too yeah, good to- they wanted the next kick, they wanted yeah, the ball in so, hand after that. Trying to think who gets that kick out, whether it's a Barassa or a Tom Cole or someone yeah, like Cole's that. Yeah, Cole's one, maybe. Yeah. Floats down. But if you, if you, any flag on that during the week, probably look for a 10 to 15 point increase on their scoring. Yeah. So there's just a few scoring bumps there that could happen throughout the week. All right. We'll quickly get through the listener question. So um, at Bego's Boys is asking uh, thoughts on Lukosius' value moving forward. We kind of discussed it earlier. I personally can see him being one of the better. Scoring key forwards, maybe not something like um, uh, uh, I've forgotten his name. Revolt. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, um, Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Cameron is averaging 108, but I think yeah, the yeah. last few years he's averaged about 90, which is probably where I rank Lukosius in like in two to few, three yeah. years. Yeah, as being like a potential to kick, you know, three goals a week and yeah. sort of have a 60 goal season. I agree. Like that's yeah, that's his kind of future potential. Maybe when he's like 26, 27 can yeah. might maybe be like a 90 Depending on where he's playing whether he trades clubs yeah. whether Gold Coast improve. I mean yeah. Gold Coast has got some good young kids so they I might I think at the minimum like, we'll see him as like a 75 to 80 yeah. kind of player. So yeah. I think anywhere in that range is what you probably should expect going forward. Um, Craig's asking what trade value does Rory Laird hold is He's still first round in a trade. Absolutely, I think. Especially if you're playing like... I don't know. If you look at our league, like players that went first round were like um, uh, Mason Wood and... Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. All those rookies like the Sheezel and stuff, maybe not. But um, who else went there in our... Uh, Will Setterfield was first round. Like, I still have I still have Laird over yeah. Will Setterfield and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. I still think you'd be wanting a first round draft pick for Laird. I'd still hold like... There's a few factors. So, like, Crows are playing, like, a lot faster, which doesn't suit him as much because he relies on that, tack- like, you know, tackle, another stoppage, tackle, stoppage, that sort of stuff. And he's just not getting to the stoppages quick enough. And I think Port as well are one of the hardest teams to score against while it's their yeah, trash side. Like we said before, that showdown game is just a gross game for scoring in yeah. general. Like, no one ever really... Yeah. If you've got premiums that have played the last few years, they usually drop away, like, a few points. Someone will have a shit game. Some random nobody will pop up with a ton. Yeah. It happens every year. It's and just- if you look, Brisbane didn't have a ton against Port. Um, Collingwood, Dacos got off the leash, but that was pretty much it. No one else did. Um, I think the next high score was 98, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too disappointed too much. Shit start to the year, but you're going to get more scores like last week. His role hasn't changed at all. Yeah. He's still playing yeah. midfield. Game Sam- style has changed yeah. a little bit for the Crows, but I still think, like... And we're in the early stages of the year when things are still moving fast and all that sort of stuff as well. Like, bodies will get tired. Um, it won't be so zippy for as long as it, you know, we're thinking as well. So, I think he will come back. wasn't it even last year, his first half of the year was average. Did he even play the first half of the year? He had broken, no, he had broken yeah, something But he went like, ham yeah. in the second half of the year. Yeah. And just went on a massive run after the bye. So, like, who cares if he's only dishing up these now? Like, really... There's going to come at some point. He'll go on a massive run at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, everyone will be wishing they had him. Um, at Ranger J87, I'm super disappointed with Farrell's numbers this week with Burton out. If I can nab Ash from the waivers, is it worth swapping them out given they're both in line for DPP? I'd happily own Ash. Like, I think I put them on the. I wouldn't yeah. trade Farrell to Ash. I would, that would, I'd keep Farrell. You if that was the trade, if that was like Farrell dropped Ash in. Yeah. Farrell's just consistent. I think he's more a consistent fan. Yeah, true. For, if this is a keeper league, yeah. more consistent um, numbers. Yeah. If this is a, a draft league, yeah. Then um, Ash, like I said before, is just so up and down. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's sick. He scored 99 against Carlton. Generally, pretty easy to score as an outside running defender against Carlton. It just happens. Yeah. Um, they're not very good at kicking a goal and they kick a lot of points. He had a lot of ball coming out of the you know the kickouts and that's we always see it um Whitfield scored that he's 180 against Carlton a few years ago yeah true <laughs> so I mean Farrell showdown I still th- I still think Farrell's just consistent like 70s so yeah that'd be one I want in my side I'm just not loving Port's fancy output as a team 
and I think he's kind of it's just doesn't, no one seems to really start like you, you know you get Rosie you know he feels probably one of the first one of the first few tons of the year for Port Adelaide whereas like a CGWS is a team that can let a few players you know accumulate a bit more but yeah you're right it's very role dependent for Ash I've got them fairly evenly ranked maybe Ash slightly ahead but I don't think like you really need to panic and get rid of Farrell just for Ash at this stage that's the, the only thing um, at G Sambo 16 um, I have Noah Anderson in redraft and I'm over this crap uh, who would you target in a trade for him Jack Crisp McCluggage or Callan Ward so if you're going to trade at Anderson I probably wouldn't do it if I was him, I'd probably just hold Keith. It. Yeah, it's going to come good. The if you, kid had his junior numbers were too good to yeah. ignore, and his numbers last year were too good to ignore. His numbers last year might have been a little bit inflated on what he's probably capable of in terms of it, like the stage of his career. Yeah, but he's 192 centimeter, big bodied mid, yeah. playing in a team that's losing most weeks. Like it's going to come good at some point. Yeah, if you had to trade one, who would you pick out? The cottage, yeah, definitely. Safe. Jack Crisp <laughs> is winding up his career, and Callum yeah. Wood is probably done last season. I'd yeah. say. Yep. If you if you want to do it, get McCluggage. Make sure you yeah. pick someone else who's young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd keep no Anderson. Um, at Trav014, um, Bytel with 35 disposals and two goals in the VFL. With Wood out for six weeks, uh, can he be a good AFL standard player? 70 to 80 average. Now, with Wood, he's a different type of player. Bytel, yeah, in, yeah. In, should be in the midfield. Yeah. He might get it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bytel was sub this week. Yep. I think that's probably a perfect role for him because he can be a bit of an impact player around the contest. So if they chuck him in the last quarter when everyone's a bit tired, yeah. Bytel hits the midfield and just cleans up a few clearances. But Sebros having a good game wasn't good for Bytel. No. Yeah, so that's the probably mainstay there. Um, Nathan, uh, John, uh, is it worth dropping Jared Lyons and Aaron Hall to the waivers or can you see them getting a game at some stage? I'd drop Lyons. Um, yeah. I think he he's probably a bit further away from a game than Aaron Hall is. Aaron Hall still putting up okay numbers in the VFL. Yeah, um, I just don't know who they take out of the back line to give him a game. It's like Sheasel yeah. plays the role that Aaron Hall. It's probably used Miller to play. Bergman. Um, yeah, but the problem is Clark who loves Miller Bergman and wants to develop him as like the future. Yeah. Obviously, he's got half in his head. He's like, I want to be competitive. I the other half of him is like, I want to develop some kids as well. If Aaron Hall comes in though as well, I don't think we're going to see those monster scores again. Just give him just the but way just what around there. Zebel and like McDonald have been dishing up already this year. Yeah. And even Sheasel's and been dishing up. Sheasel plays that whole role that Hall used to play, but, but way better. Aaron Hall's still a pig. Like, you come That's in true. and just be like, give me the ball. No. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, okay. He just runs <laughs> past people and just takes the ball off them, like hand pass to me so I can kick down the line and break the line. Yeah. So no matter what Clarko's game plan is, he's still going to be a pig off the halfback. Like, yeah, for sure. Just, it depends if Clarko's written him off yet. I don't know. All right. Well, that wraps up the show for this week. Uh, thanks, Checkers, for coming on today and doing the show. Um, you got anything happening with the uh, your marmalade stuff. I got you got gather round coming up. You got a few things planned nuts. for that. Just we're doing some videos today about gather round. So yeah, it's been a bit rushed because I feel like we've been keen on it for ages. We've been keen on it for six months. Yeah, we're in Adelaide, but a lot of the outside of Adelaide media sort of just like they're only clicking in together this slow, week. Yeah, it's like been more caught up on you know what's happening in Melbourne and the, yeah, the footy season's coming back. Yeah, for us in Adelaide, we've just been waiting. Like it's just been like. <sighs> I'm gather so around 70 yeah. days away gather around 50 days away it was like Melbourne media is sort of just only cluing into it now so yeah, yeah. yeah I mean we've got a few plans in place but what games are you going to all the games hopefully all the games <laughs> the Mount Barker one we might be a bit hard to get to it's an early one but I mean yeah, it'd be cool to say we went to every game but I mean we did that round one as well yeah and part of me like you don't see a lot of money I don't want to like, leave games early if they're yeah. going to be good as well like yeah. I, I left the showdown five minutes early last year to make content and I regretted it so on the weekend I was like it was sort of close-ish yeah and part of me was like we should probably go outside and start getting ready to film but part of me was like oh, content's all good but I really don't want to miss another Geordie Dawson goal yeah, like I, know you, man. I need to be here to watch the footy so yeah I just want to watch some good footy well for those coming over for gather round yeah make sure you look out for the Marmalade boys outside of Adelaide Oval after games you do a few we'll interviews do some interviews we're yeah. going to do a longest kick contest on the Friday yeah um, um, outside Adelaide Oval. Yeah, so go say good day to Checkers. We'll be uh, around. There'll be heaps yeah. of Melbourne content creators here too. So Yeah, they definitely will actually. They're all staying at my house. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right, uh, get around uh, our stuff uh, on our socials at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, support our sponsors, uh, Manscaped. Uh, use Keeper20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you sign up to Game Day Squad, get your free uh, starter packs, and build your squad there. And uh, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, please become become a member uh, click the link in the description below and sign up there anyways that's it for another week uh, we'll be back next week for round four take it easy